0: Uh, in some rather innocent humor, uh, I want to talk about change. And um, so follow along with me if you know much about denominations, just done in innocent love. But we'll get into the topic of change. For example, change according to religious denominations. So, for about changing a light bulb. So, how many Catholics does it take to change a light bulb? None. They use candles. Okay? Understand? All right? Okay. How many Calvinists to change a light bulb? Well, no Calvinists, light bulbs have been predetermined when to be changed and not to be changed, okay? All right, you need to understand Calvinism to get that one. How many Mormons to change a light bulb? One and four wives to tell him how to do it. Sorry. Okay, you get it, all right? How many televangelists to change a light bulb? One, but only after they've secured ten online donations, Okay. How many Amish to change the light bulb? What's a light bulb? Okay. How many Baptists does it take to change the light bulb? Only when the light bulb decides to be changed will the light bulb be changed. And finally, how many Lutherans to change the light bulb? Change? Actually, 10. One to change the light bulb, and nine to talk about how much they like the old light bulb better. Okay, you got it. All right. Okay, thanks. So, I'm more serious now, talking about change. You ever have a change of heart or a change of mind? Maybe something happened rather suddenly or something that took years and decades to change. What happened? What led you to change your heart or change your mind or change your opinion? Was it a revelation? Was it something you experienced and over time you just thought that this was the best way? Change sometimes is really hard. Or better yet, can you think of people who inspired and motivated you? A coach, a teacher, a pastor, a friend, a grandparent. Someone inspired you and motivated you and said, yes, I'm doing my best, but I think that you could go further. Someone once inspired me by taking me around and showing me what I didn't have and what I could have. I read a book that greatly inspired me and changed my life because it simply explained where I was at and where I could be if I took these small steps. God brings people in our lives who inspire us and motivate us and lead us to places and be people we can never be. You ever have that happen to you? Change in your life, someone who inspired you and motivated you to become something far greater. And so Pentecost is the coming of the Holy Spirit. He's the third person in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this is the birthday of the church. And as Jesus promised, he sends the counselor, he sends the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is about bringing change. Sometimes we don't like change. Can you read this with me from the Nicene Creed? We confess this every other week. Go ahead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And notice the Holy Spirit. We confess the third person of the Trinity. And he brings life and he brings change. When I think about the Holy Spirit, I think about Moses You ever been in charge of a lot of people? (laughs) Ever want to quit after being in charge of a lot of people? Never mind. Ever been in charge of something, trying to keep everybody happy? You can understand what that's like. And so Moses was given a task to lead the Israelites on a bondage to the promised land. And here he's in charge of a million people. And he's saying, God, why'd you do this to me? Why don't you just end my life right now? I can no longer take this. Everyone's coming to me, and they're not happy, and they're complainers, they want this and that, and said, God, why'd you do this to me? And so God told Moses, I want you to pick out 70 leaders, and bring them to me. And what God then did is God then took the same spirit that was upon Moses and put it on those people. I just don't want leaders. I want people who have the same thought, the same heart, the same mind, the same ownership. I want you to put on God that spirit that's upon me, that I'll love them and shepherd them and take care of them, even if it means that I have to bear a cross in doing so. When I think about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit leads us to buy into what God wants and what God has in store for us. He leads us to understand the whole picture and even to the point to suffer with him. I think about the Holy Spirit, I think about Peter. Can you read that with me? And someone else will lead you where you do not want to go. And so Peter, big mouth Peter, remember, Lord, I will never betray you. Even if everybody else leaves you, I'll stay by you. Except when he got some heat for following Jesus, then he didn't know him. Peter said, you, Lord, you must never be crucified. Peter always spoke before he turned his mind on. Before his brain was turned on, Jesus reinstated him. And three times Jesus asked Peter, do you love you? Yes, I love you, Lord. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I do. And take care of my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know all things. Take care of my sheep. Then Jesus said this to Peter, one day you're going to be led where you don't want to go. And my Holy Spirit's going to do that. Where was he led? Well, take a look at the picture. Legend had it that Peter died how? He was crucified in which way? Upside down. And the Holy Spirit gave him strength. The Holy Spirit... Led Peter to change from being the big mouth without the brain turned on. you know anyone like that? run their mouth without their brains on until I need to go back in and suffer with my brothers and sisters in Christ. The Holy Spirit brings change. And there we see it with Moses there. We see it with Peter. There are some things that a pastor, a church staff or program can't do. There's something our school can't do. there's something that I can't do. We can love, we can preach, we can teach, we can share, we can visit. We can have relationships. But by the way, only the Holy Spirit can lead you to believe. I can't. No teacher can. No program can. Only the Holy Spirit can give you faith to believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. No one else can. I can't. Only the Holy Spirit can change your heart. I can't. No church worker can. No program can. Only the Holy Spirit will change your heart. No one else can only the Holy Spirit will lead you to love and care for others as God has planned nobody else can do that there's things that I cannot do as a pastor I can spread the word I can care for you I can love you I can listen I fail but only the Holy Spirit brings you faith and only the Holy Spirit will lead you to change to be what God intended you to be church programs can't sometimes I want to say you're confusing me with the Holy Spirit that's not my job my job is to throw the seed in love It's the Holy Spirit's job that the seed lands in your heart and grows. That's the work of the Spirit. I can't do it. No pastor, no church worker can. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And so this Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate that God sends the Holy Spirit and he leads to change. So what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, the Holy Spirit convicts a sin. What do I mean by that? Well, the Holy Spirit will lead you to be guilty. The Holy Spirit will lead you to say, I messed up against God. Sometimes I hear people say, well, they just made a mistake. Well, that's true, but they also sinned against God. I don't hear that a lot. The Holy Spirit will convict me and say, yes, Lord, I'm the one who messed up. I sinned against God. When David was caught in his sin, David said, Lord, against you and you only have I sinned. I did much more than a mistake. I sinned against you. The Holy Spirit will convict of sin. I think that's one of the reasons why our pews are sometimes empty. I don't want the pastor pointing out my sin. Well, it's not the pastor, it's God's Word. I don't want to be told that I'm wrong. Well, that's what God's Word does. Sometimes people say, Pastor, as if that sermon were just for me. Well, maybe it was, but that's the Holy Spirit's calling. If the shoe fits, what? Put it on. I had a professor at the seminary He'd say, the first person you need to preach a sermon to is yourself. And it does convict and it does hurt. The Holy Spirit will convict of sin. Check those that apply. Lust, greed, envy, arrogance, rebellion, blaspheming God, laziness, whatever. Check those apply because the Holy Spirit will convict of sin. It's very painful, but it's also a very blessed work. Yes, checkups and appointments and dentist appointments. Those can be hard if something's wrong. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin. Then he leads us to repent and say, God, I sinned against you. I did much more than mess up. I sinned against you. Dr. Martin Luther said this for us Christians. A life of a Christian led by the Holy Spirit is a life of daily repentance. Every day I think back through my mind how I sinned against God. Who I've been selfish against. Who have I showed apathy for and Lord forgive me. But don't we also daily pray, forgive us our what? As we forgive those who what? Yeah, the Holy Spirit will not only convict us of sin, but the Holy Spirit will also lead us to repent and say, God, I blew it, forgive me, and he does. We come to God's house repent of our sins, and God forgives us. And the Holy Spirit bears witness through his witnesses. Have you been touched by a church worker? Have you been touched by a teacher, a pastor, a weekday school teacher, a vacation Bible school teacher, a parent? God witnesses through those people. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. I agree with Dr. James Dobson. More is caught than taught. What do I mean by that? Well, I can sit in a class and teach you all sorts of things, but sometimes out of the classrooms where we learn the most, someone models something to us, somebody says something to us, somebody does something on a setting we think so, and it takes root. The Holy Spirit lets us catch things that aren't necessarily taught in a classroom. And finally, the Holy Spirit presents us the full glory of Jesus. What do you mean by that? Well, the Holy Spirit allows us to see Jesus born in the Virgin Mary who suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, he rose again, he ascended to heaven, and he will come to judge the world. And the Holy Spirit leads us to see that Jesus, not the Jesus of American society that Jesus is my life coach, or Jesus is my psychotherapist, or Jesus is just all love, or Jesus is everything you want to be but the full glory of Jesus, that one day he will come back to judge the world and convict the world and to take his believers to be with him. Those are the things the Holy Spirit leads us to do, convicts us of sin and leads us to repent and to hear his word through witnesses and to see the full glory, the full picture of Jesus, God and man. The Holy Spirit will take God's blessings and he'll make it Your own. He'll take what God has done and allow you to believe it. Children ask me questions. Pastor, how can God have no beginning or no end? I don't know, but the Holy Spirit says so. Pastor, how can Jesus be born of a virgin? I don't know, but the Holy Spirit leads me to what? Believe it. How can someone come back from the dead? I don't know, but the Holy Spirit what? Leads me to believe it. The Holy Spirit takes what is God and makes it mine. I liken it to this. What was it about two, three Fridays ago, power was out? Do you remember that? Now, I think if you lived on the north side of town, but south side of town, no. And so about 603, we heard like a thud in our house and everything went dead. And so I went to Planet Fitness and I knew that probably wasn't open because the street lights weren't working, so I turned around. There's a gentleman walking in front of our house and said it's out until maybe noon. I said, oh man, that's not good. I mean, we're really blessed by power, but you know what? Everything in my house worked. My refrigerator and my microwave, everything was fine with it. My clocks, everything was fine with it, but it had no what? Power. And about what, 920, 925, all the power came? You know how it happens. All the lights turn back on, fans start working, and your clocks are off. Well, the Holy Spirit's like that power. The Holy Spirit says everything that's spoken here, and he'll turn it on inside of you. That aha moment. I believe it and I cherish it. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. He takes what is God's and makes it yours that you hold on to it. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about some things the Holy Spirit does. Read this with me. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit You believe that Jesus died and rose from you? That is the work of the Holy Spirit. That's not the work of you. That's the Holy Spirit inside of you. Somebody asked me, how do I know I'm a Christian? Just say, Jesus is Lord, and that's the Holy Spirit. Somebody says, is the Holy Spirit really with you? Say, Jesus is Lord. That's the Holy Spirit. What else does the Holy Spirit do? Read John 6, 29 with me. Jesus answered them. This is the work of God, that you believe in him, whom he has sent. Sometimes people say, why don't Lutherans talk about the Holy Spirit? We don't need to talk about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit leads us to talk about who? When we focus on Jesus, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a pointer. The Holy Spirit points us to who? Jesus. Why don't you talk a lot more about the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit wants to talk about him. Anytime we talk about him, Jesus, who's working, the Holy Spirit, we talk about Jesus, we have access to the Father. The Holy Spirit points us to Jesus, and Jesus gives us the Father. What's the work of the Holy Spirit that you believe Jesus died and rose for you? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And finally, what else does the Holy Spirit do? Read this with me. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You have been hurt, traumatized, a loved one is dying, a loved one has died? Someone says no to a relationship, something really hurts you, you lose a job, and you don't know what to think, and you don't know what to say. If you're overwhelmed by so much of life, what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit comes inside us and helps us organize those things and helps us pray to God. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us and helps us look to the Father. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit helps us in those times that we can talk to God more effectively. The work of the Holy Spirit is what? We can say Jesus is Lord, we see Jesus died for us, and he intercedes for us all the time with prayers and with thoughts for God when we're hurt, we're down and out. You've been there? Can you refer to what I'm talking to? Those days, those weeks, those months when life is overbearing, overwhelming, and God, I don't know how I'm going to handle it, the Holy Spirit says, let me help you out here. Let me help you lift that up to God. Let me help you sort that out. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't come in like a rushing wind or flame. He shows His work through His Word. When you open up the Word, you hear the Holy Spirit. I said this a few weeks ago. Somebody said, I wish God would speak to me. He does. Read the Bible. No, I want God to speak to me out loud. Then read the Bible out loud. God speaks through His Word. For no person ever spoke by themselves, but people moved by the Holy Spirit wrote the Word of God. The Word of God is the Spirit working. And a confession, a confession in Christ, that's how the Holy Spirit works, and to do good works. Have you done good works? What is it you're going to do today, you and I are going to do today, to bless someone else? I'm going to hold the door open. I'm going to give somebody a compliment and call someone who might be lonely. I'm going to check in on an elderly neighbor or an elderly loved one. What am I going to do today? Am I going to do a chore I'm not asked to do? What am I going to do today to do? The Holy Spirit's going to lead me to do something that's going to bless others. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. What? His word confession, and good works for others. And friends in Christ, I want to say this. A couple of weeks ago, I got sort of animated during a sermon, and someone said, Pastor Muse, you could almost pass as a Baptist pastor. <laughs> Get really animated. Well, I liken it to this. You ever been to a ball game, like to an Ohio State game, a big ball game? And there's always someone dressed up. You know, they paint their face different colors. and They have all sort of headwear and they're all that stuff. And they're yelling and screaming. They're like super fans. Wow, they're really excited. They're great fans. But well, what about this? What about the person who goes to a game and they're maybe just wearing their team's hat and they put on the headphones and are listening to the game and they have a game book in front of them and they have a scorecard and they know who's playing what position and they know what plays need to be made and they understand the whole team. Who's a better fan, the person who sometimes dresses up and paints themselves and yelling and screaming or the person who sits in the stands and understands the game and the intricacies and who's playing where and their averages and what they're good at and bad at and what's going to be the keys to the game? I tend to argue that the second person's a better fan. I mean, no against, nothing against super fans who paint themselves and yell and scream, but the second fan tends to know a whole lot more. They seem to be more the fan even though they don't get the attention. And to me, that's sort of the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he leads us in the deep thoughts of God. It's not necessarily emotionalism, but to know and to believe that he died and rose for us. Leads us to do good works. Leads us to change, to always grow, to change and to improve. So I say this. The Holy Spirit is God's divine change agent. He'll sanctify us in truth. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide us into all truth and to change to God-pleasing lives and to deeper faith, the Holy Spirit's. So have a blessed Pentecost day, so how about this for a closing thought? Do you not know that you are God's temple and the Holy Spirit dwells in you and all God's people on this Pentecost say, Amen.